I know we have a problem because of the sin that we still have within us. And oftentimes we compare ourselves with others and the Word of God tells us that's not wise. Have you ever noticed in the commercials how when they're trying to sell an item, they'll compare it with another item that just, they really bring out the bad things about the other item. Well, <clears throat> that's just the way the world is. And in our unregenerate state, and we still have that problem, we just, in arrogant pride, think we're better than others. And we'll talk about others, oftentimes, not everybody does this, but oftentimes we'll bring out the bad in them, trying to exalt ourselves before them, or before the ones we're speaking to. And uh, it's just not a good thing. We just have that tendency. And our Lord warns us not to do that, and we heard a little bit about that in Sunday school this morning, how we're to uh, love the brethren, and I know sometimes, and you've probably experienced this, uh, people will come over and visit us, and when they leave, they start telling others how poor the house is kept, or something that they have found wrong, and it'll get back to you. You know, just forgive them. We're to forgive those who just speak against us for Christ's sake. God has forgiven us for Christ's sake. Now, God demands perfection. And we all fall short of that mark. Perfection belongs to God alone. Man in his best state is altogether vanity. And if we compare ourselves with Jesus Christ, we all see that we just fall short of perfection. So turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 26. In our unregenerate state, all of us build up false props that we lean on. And it's the responsibility of God's preachers to tear out those false props that we're leaning on so that we lean only on Jesus Christ. One of those false props in our unregenerate state, we think that our good's going to outweigh our bad. What good? There's no good in any of us. That rich young man that came to our Lord called him good master. He said, why are you calling me good? Only God is good. Are you calling me God? And we were talking about that just a moment ago. Uh, goodness is something that all of us like to see in one another, and especially our children. But in the eyes of God, and He tells us this in His Word, there is none good, no, not one. So we have that false prop, and there's so many different ones. Baptism, church affiliation, 
monies we put in the offering, the list goes on and on and on. I'm not putting down good works. Good works do accompany salvation. And we should get baptized. And I believe children of God should join a gospel preaching church. And I think we should support the church and pray one for another. But those things accompany salvation. They don't contribute to salvation. Salvation is of the Lord from start to finish. And man contributes absolutely nothing to the glorious salvation that's found in Christ and only in Christ. Now here in Matthew chapter 26, I want to start reading at verse 17 and read down through verse 25. The Word of God says this, starting at verse 17 of Matthew 26. Now the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying unto him, where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the even was come, he, that is our Lord Jesus, sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betray betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayeth him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He saith unto him, Thou hast said. Now it was written in the Old Testament that there would be one that would betray the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. And the scripture had to be fulfilled. And Judas Iscariot was that man who was appointed to betray our Lord Jesus. Now, I chose that word deliberately. God appoints all things. Our time of birth, our time of death, everything happens according to God's eternal decree. Nothing happens apart from His permissive will. And our Lord Jesus said it would be better for that man if he had never been born. Now, I realize that people don't like to hear that. But it's true nonetheless. I don't know why people have so much problem believing that the whole mass of humanity is one big lump of clay and our wonderful sovereign God is the potter that forms the clay as it pleases Him. And all of God's children who were chosen in Christ, and we heard that 
read in a scripture reading this morning at the men's meeting. That's found in Ephesians chapter 1 and other places also. I don't know why it's difficult for people to believe that the potter has the right to do what he will with his own. Forms of clay as it pleases him. And we're vessels of honor, which God afore prepared unto glory. Now there are those who are vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. And I know that we fit ourselves for destruction. I know that. We harden our heart in our unregenerate state. But God also hardens the heart. He tells us that. And He raised up Pharaoh to destroy him. You all believe that? It's taught in the Word of God. Pharaoh couldn't do anything but what was determined for him to do. And God determined that to show His power that His name will be declared throughout all the earth. Now, it is the responsibility, like I said earlier, for God's preachers to tear out those false props. And it's also the responsibility of God's preachers to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We must preach the gospel. That is a must. And God takes the gospel and makes it effectual as it pleases Him. Now I've titled this message, Lord, is it I? Now I, I guess probably people would find fault with wording it that way, saying it's not grammatically correct. And I'm certainly not one to correct anybody, especially myself, for speaking in a way that's not grammatically correct. But I wouldn't change the Word of God. I don't care what people say. And the Word of God tells us plainly. The, the disciples ask Him this question. Lord, is it I? So I want to take that question and I want to apply it to myself and to you and to anyone else who might hear this message that's being recorded. I want to apply that to some biblical truths and ask myself, is it I? So turn to Galatians chapter 1, if you will, please. Galatians chapter 1. Now, false preachers must be exposed. They're not only deceiving the souls of men and women, but they're robbing God of His glory by taking their false gospel and making the cross of Christ meaningless, of none effect. Trampling underfoot the blood of Jesus, counting it an unholy thing. In other words, a common thing, common to everybody. And despising the spirit of grace. They're all liars. I had a preacher look me right in the face one time and said, You could be one of God's elect and never hear the gospel and never believe the gospel and wake up in glory. I said, I don't believe that for one little bit. The Word of God tells us 
that all of God's children are going to come to Jesus Christ. All of them. He's not going to lose any. Under the preaching of the gospel, He sends the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. And the Spirit of God is our teacher, taking the things of God and revealing them to us. He enlightens our minds to His truths and makes us willing in the day of His power to come to Him. So these false preachers, they need to be exposed. All of them, including those who follow them, are liars. All of us in our unregenerate state are liars. All men and women, when they fell in Adam, come into this world with Adam's fallen nature, running from God, hating God, cursing God, at least maybe not with filthy words, but at least in our rebellion against Him, refusing to believe the record He has given to us of His Son. Now there's only one gospel. Only one. And there's a curse pronounced upon any who would dare to preach another gospel. So I take this very seriously. We must tell people who Jesus Christ is. He's God Almighty. He's Lord of all. He's our Creator. And God sent Him into this world to do something. To save sinners of whom I am chief. He came to do the will of God the Father and he did it perfectly. And when he laid down his life, he laid down his life for the sheep, not the goats. Our Lord Jesus did not die for Judas Iscariot. He died for his sheep. He didn't die for Pharaoh or the Egyptian army. He died for his sheep. And when he laid down his life, when he willingly shed his blood for the souls of his children, and we just got through singing about it, he redeemed us, purchased us with his precious blood. We're not our own, we're bought with a price. And that price was what Jesus Christ paid in full for the sins of His people. Do you think for one moment that our Heavenly Father, which gave those people to Christ conditional upon what Jesus would do for them, would refuse to enlighten the minds of those that He promised to Christ? Every person that experiences the miracle of the new birth is God showing His hand in a miraculous way, fulfilling His promise to His Son and giving that person, that man or that woman, to His Son by divine revelation. So there's only one gospel. And Jesus Christ, when He laid down His life, He was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. He came out of the grave. And he ascended to glory several days after that. He ascended to glory and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. 
and he made us to sit together with him in heavenly places. And he's coming back for us. He's coming back at our appointed time of departure or when he returns to catch us all up to be with him in glory. And we're going to see him in all of his glory, face to face. Now that's the gospel. But here in Galatians chapter 1, starting at verse 6, the Apostle Paul, writing under divine inspiration, is rebuking these Galatians because of their weaknesses in the flesh and wanting to be circumcised after the manner of men after the gospel had been presented before them. He says, I marvel, verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the, gospel, into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. And verse 8 says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. God pronounces a curse on any who would dare preach another gospel. Now I know many of God's preachers have been called out of those false churches who were preaching another gospel. But that curse was removed from those men because of Jesus Christ and His perfect redeeming blood for them. Now, remember this question. Lord, is it I? If you believe you had anything to do with your salvation, this curse applies to you, to me. God will not accept anything but what His Son offered. And Jesus Christ paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain and He washed it white as snow. Now brethren, if you believe in universal redemption, then the curse of God is resting on you. You're under His curse. If you believe in the universal love of God, same thing. God does not love everybody in spite of what these modern day preachers are saying. He loves His own. He loves us with an everlasting love and with loving kindness He draws us unto Himself. Now I mentioned earlier that God demands perfection. Has God pronounced a curse on all who have sinned? Yes. Yes. We come into this world cursed. We're cursed people. And we need, we need to be delivered from that awful state of hating God and sinful imperfection. So, let me ask you this. Is this applied to you? Is it I? Do we know that we were involved in nothing but sinful activities? And I don't care how religious we were or how much we put in the offering plate or how faithful we were to that religion. 
if we don't believe the gospel of Jesus Christ that applies to us? Is it I? Look at Galatians 3, 1 through 10. Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Now let me ask you, is it I? Do I think I can be made perfect by the flesh now that I've begun in the Spirit? Do I believe that I'm progressively getting more and more sanctified? Or do I believe that Jesus Christ by His one offering sanctified His people and perfected them by that same offering? Jesus Christ is everything to an enlightened child of God. Everything that we need to take us from that awful pit God dug us out of right into the presence of the King of Kings is found in Jesus Christ and only in Jesus Christ. Read on. Verse 4. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now I didn't write this, but I believe it. I believe that everything in God's holy word is true. Do I understand it all? Of course I don't. Neither do you, neither does anybody else. But God gives us the understanding as it pleases Him. And we mature in the faith. We grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we don't understand something, we confess that we don't understand it. But we never say, I don't believe that. I had a fellow tell me, he came into the services with two of his sons. And I preached a message not only pointing us to Christ and His love, but also pointing out that love is one of the attributes of God, but so is His wrath. And I dealt with several scriptures and then pointed our folks to Christ, who is our only hope, who is our peace, our joy. And He wanted to know after the services if He could come over the next day and talk with me. And I said, sure. And we sat down at our dining room table. And the first thing I asked him, and I learned this over the years. I didn't do this early in my ministry, but I learned this over the years. I held my Bible up and I said, do you believe this is the holy inspired word of God? He said, yes, I do. 
So I said, then let me share a few scriptures with you. And I just, the Lord gave me the knowledge of where they were, and I just started pointing him to several scriptures that dealt with the wrath of God. And then he said this, and I've shared this with you before, I'm pretty sure, but he said this, well, I believe some of it is inspired. I said, well, how do you know which is inspired and which isn't? He said, well, God will tell you. I said, yeah, just like he told Joseph Smith and Mary Becker Eddy and all those other false preachers. Well, he got up and left. Needless to say, he didn't come back. But this is what I was saying earlier. False preachers have to be exposed. And we have to point to God's Word and show our hearers that this is what the Word of God says. Do I believe the Word of God? Is it I? Well, if we believe God, it is. If we believe God, then the truths that He has in His Word are very dear to us, whether we understand them completely or not. If we believe God chose us in Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world, then it is I that God has revealed that to. If we believe that in Jesus Christ, faith is a gift from Him that gives us an understanding and embraces these truths for His glory and His glory alone. If we believe God our Father has already punished us in our substitute, the Lord Jesus Christ, it is I that this is reserved for. We believe God. Abraham believed God and was imputed to him for righteousness. We believe that God himself delivered his son for our offenses and raised him again for our justification. Does that thrill you? To know that God will not even lay one thing to the charge of His elect. That all of my sins, past, present, and future, were laid on my substitute. And God has already punished me in Him. Do I believe that? Yes, I do. Can I explain how God can be just and justifier of those who believe? He's just in everything He does. And He justifies His people through the merits of Christ alone. And we rejoice in that whether we can fully understand it or not. I'm, I'm being as honest as I can and wanting you to apply this question to yourself. Do you believe that Jesus Christ by Himself purged your sins? Lord, is it I? Did He purge my sins? His Word tells us that He did by Himself. Do we believe that Jesus Christ by His perfect obedience to the will of God, sanctified and perfected us forever. The Word of God teaches that in Hebrews chapter 10. Do we believe that when Jesus Christ came out of the grave and ascended to glory and sat down on His throne in glory, that He has made us to sit with Him in the, 
in him, in heavenly places? I believe that. Can I explain that? No, I can't explain it to the satisfaction of anybody who does not believe the gospel, but I don't have to explain it to you. God is the one who gives us faith. Do you believe that? Do you believe faith is a gift of God? I believe that. I believe that He gives us faith to embrace these truths for the glory of His darling Son. And His darling Son gets all the glory whether we believe it or not. Now, look at Galatians, this third chapter, verses 13 and 14. And remember this question. Lord, is it I? Verse 13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Is it I? Do I believe this? Do I believe that when Jesus Christ hung there on that cross, that He took that curse upon Himself? Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So the curse that's on us when we come into this world, the curse was on the, those preachers who were preaching a false gospel, that curse was laid on Jesus Christ. And He redeemed us from all of that. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I Him. Now, brethren, God is the only one who can reveal these glorious gospel truths. And He must do that. So I want to take you over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Preacher's voice is important. Yes, God uses men who preach the gospel and the gospel as instruments to enlighten His children. So that when God delivers a sinner under our preaching, the preacher knows that's God's doings, and the saint of God knows that's God's doings. So that God Himself receives all the glory. Anything wrong with that? There's something wrong if we don't give Him all the glory. So here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and remember this question. Lord, is it I? Starting at verse 1, we read these words. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus, under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father, and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the order is right. Grace comes first, and then peace. Jesus Christ is our peace. But until God, by His sovereign power, bestows His sovereign grace upon the people that we have the honor of preaching to, until He enlightens the mind, there's no peace. There's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. 
But Jesus Christ is every believer's peace. He's every believer's joy. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory when the Lord reveals what Jesus Christ has done for us. And here's what the results of that revelation is. Verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. We will thank God for what He has done for us. And we will thank God for what He's done for others that we hear about. Remembering, it says in verse 3, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. These Thessalonians, they had heard the gospel preached and God had revealed it to them. And the testimony that went out from them was known all over the country. Other preachers were talking about them. Look at verse f- f- 5. 4. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. So the gospel came to them. The Word of God came from a preacher. The Word of God came in, in, in truth. But God made it effectual. It came in power. God's power. The power of God, the Holy Spirit. And when that gospel was revealed to these saints that we're reading about here in, in 1 Thessalonians, the enlightened mind just rejoiced. These people started destroying all of their false props and their things that they were believing in, getting rid of them, burning them. And it was made known. How was it made known? Other preachers had witnessed it. They had come there and preached to them. And it was known by these preachers what these saints of Thessalonica had done, how they had received this, how they had destroyed their, their images, their false gods. You know, we, we have a dear, beloved brother and pastor friend, David Edmondson, who's getting invited to other churches in different parts of this United States and maybe in, out of the United States as well. And these people that he's preaching to them, they're hearing about this church. They're hearing what God's doing here. The testimony is going out from the preaching that Brother David is preaching. And they're hearing, well, that's the gospel he's preaching up there in Madisonville. We ought to be thankful the Lord is broadening his horizon, getting him to different churches. Because saints are hearing about us and rejoicing and giving God the glory. That's what happened here in Thessalonica. That's what was going on here. And so these men and women in Thessalonica, they were worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Is there any other way to to worship God? You can't worship Him in your unregenerate state. 
He won't receive it. And you can't worship Him if you believe a false gospel. The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of God that He puts in our heart and the truth go hand in hand. You can't separate them. So that's what happens to every child of God that's enlightened by God the Holy Spirit. God sends the Spirit of the Son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father, and gives us faith to believe on Jesus Christ as He is plainly set forth on the pages of Holy Scripture. Brethren, and I quote Brother Henry Mahan, believing is no small matter. This is the work of God that you believe on Him whom He hath called. Now, look at the last part of this first chapter of First Thessalonians. Verse 10 is what they were doing. They were waiting for Jesus Christ and to wait for His Son from heaven whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. The name of Jesus Christ, one of them, He has many names. One of them is the Deliverer. He delivers us. He's not trying to deliver us. He's not trying to get our attention. He's not trying to get you to make a decision for Him. Jesus Christ is on His throne in heaven and He's working all things after the counsel of His own will. And this is the will of God that you believe on Him in whom He hath sinned. All that the Father hath given me shall come to me, he tells us in John chapter 6. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He which hath begun the good work in us will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do I have faults? I have more than I can even count myself. But Jesus Christ took care of all of those faults, all of those sins, all of those shortcomings. Faith, God's gift to His chosen people, embraces Jesus Christ knowing that when this is all over, whether it's my day of departure or whether it's when Christ comes back, I'm going to be with him forever. I I can't even imagine what joy that's going to be. Jude put it this way, unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory to the only wise God our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both right now and forever. And that's why we gather here on a regular basis.
to hear this glorious gospel that stirs our hearts to worship our blessed God in all of his glory for this unspeakable gift, eternal life. Is it I? Do I believe? Am I in the fold? Am I looking for His coming? Do I rejoice in Him and give Him all the glory? Longing for that day when I'll stand before Him dressed in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ and be in His presence for all eternity. There's another side. We're going to hear these words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. But others are going to hear this. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I pray, I pray that we can take these wonderful biblical truths and answer this question honestly. Is it I? Do I believe the gospel? Am I giving my God all the praise and all the glory for His sovereign grace and His sovereign mercy bestowed upon me for the glory of His darling Son, Jesus Christ the Lord? Answer that honestly. Is it I? Amen.